The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to Artificial Intelligence Week on the MarTech Podcast. Okay. This week, we're going to focus on a subject that is both the present and the future of marketing, machine learning and artificial intelligence. Each day this week, we're going to publish an episode that covers how marketers are using AI to increase speed, efficiency, and profitability of their marketing efforts. Joining us for AI Week is Dan Fagella, who is the CEO of Emerge, formerly Tech Emergence. Emerge is a content network that owns the world's largest audience of AI-focused businesses with a goal of connecting business leaders to the AI solutions and services they need to stay ahead of their competition. Prior to founding Emerge, Dan has founded and sold multiple businesses, including the Science of Skill, which is an e-commerce and e-learning company in the self-protection and self-defense industry that had a seven-figure exit. We're very excited to have him here. So to start off AI Week with Dan, he's going to give us his thoughts on why AI is relevant to marketers today. Here is the first part of our interview with Dan Fagella from Emerge. Dan, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Ben, glad to be here. We're very excited to have you here, and we get you all week long for Artificial Intelligence Week. We're going to talk AI. We're going to talk machine learning. So let's give our listeners a little background on who you are and why you know so much about artificial intelligence. Frankly, Ben, I wish I could tell you that in this episode, I'm likely to give you a lot of my own unique brilliance. That's not the case. I'm more likely to give you the congealed perspective of dozens and dozens of executives and researchers working at the intersection of AI and marketing. So Emerge, which was Tech Emergence, is, as you mentioned, a platform, but also a market research firm. So starting over four years ago, kind of before AI was certainly nearly as hip as it is today, and there was almost no search traffic for it, we started researching what are the actual applications in enterprise? Where is this stuff affecting the bottom line? And over the course of the years, we've built hundreds and hundreds of sort of contacts in various industries, whether it be retail or pharma or heavy industry or you name it. And these are folks that have hard science backgrounds in artificial intelligence. They are the people that we survey, that we poll, that we interview. And it is their insights that we put together as research and their insights that we put together as content to convey to a business crowd. So yeah, that's essentially kind of where this deep dive comes from. And actually, one of the first bigger pieces of research that we did a little bit over a year ago was entirely about the broad landscape of AI and marketing. So I had to shove my face in this space for about six months straight 
and learn all that I could. So that's essentially where our insights are going to be kind of getting unearthed from today. So where I was calling your business a content network, essentially you are a research agency that's doing your own analysis and also interviewing other experts in the AI field to produce your content across multiple different industries related to AI, not just marketing. Totally right. Yeah. Marketing is a big focus for us. So MarTech and marketing are rife with artificial intelligence applications and companies being founded and venture money being raised. It's also a horizontal. So marketing applies to everything. I mean, it applies to selling jet engines and it applies to selling pharmaceutical products and selling shoes on the internet. It'll affect different industries in different ways and different speeds. But yeah, we certainly go a little bit broader than marketing. And it would be safe to say that we do research. Now, what we don't currently do is do kind of the old school Gartner model where we do a 50-page report, we put it in a PDF, and we make people pay 15 grand for it. Instead, we spend 20, 30 hours sometimes on a two or 3,000 word piece that goes extremely deep into an area like, let's say, oil and gas, or let's say, telecommunications, or chatbots for banking, or you name it, and then we make that free. And the way we run the business is we allow companies to garner exposure on our site because we have the biggest audience of B2B specific AI folks on the web. So getting exposure to them is a rather valuable thing. So instead of kind of hiding our research, we make it free and then monetize in other ways. Okay. Well, let's start off talking about artificial intelligence outside of just specifically marketing. Can you give us the broad overview? You know, what is artificial intelligence? What's the difference between that and machine learning? So we should get square on terms. The good news is, Ben, the folks who are tuned into this show who are professional marketers, there's no reason to go become an AI developer tomorrow. Your jobs aren't going to be eviscerated in the months ahead. So we don't have to get technical. AI, broadly speaking, is getting computers to do the kinds of things that beforehand maybe only humans could do. That's a very broad idea. And in fact, much of what used to be considered AI in, let's say, the 80s or the 90s was essentially hard-baking human expertise into a computer. So this is the best analogy I have to distinguish between the two, Ben. So essentially having a bunch of expert doctors on infectious diseases determine the rules for diagnosing different kinds of infectious diseases based on the results of blood tests or based on certain conditions of the skin or something like that. And being able to come up with all these different nuanced if-then rules and different weights for all these if-then rules. So if we could take the condition of a patient, we could pump it in one end, it would kind of fall out the bottom of this pachinko machine with an answer. And it wouldn't come up with that answer by picking up on that answer in the real world. It would come up with that answer because somebody baked in all the rules to eventually arrive at that. At a very rough, very terse, very cursory level, Ben, that is what we could call AI in the old school sense. It sounds very much like whenever you web MD anything, it's like, I have a pimple on my neck and everything somehow leads to, yep, it's cancer. Yeah. So there are actually some quite full applications of diagnostic AI tech that was really based on these expert systems that were hard baked in. Hopefully they weren't as much fodder for folks who always think that it's cancer and then WebMD lets you confirm that you think it's cancer and then you get addicted to going there. This was fortunately, even back in the 70s and 80s, there were systems that were at least somewhat capable in certain very limited medical domains. But we're talking about hard baked rules, roughly speaking, into software. I mean, if we're talking at a very high level, that's the easiest way to describe kind of what people might call now old school AI. How is what you're defining as AI, which is the rules for identifying information or making conclusions, how is that different from machine learning? So here's the contrast. 
on the one hand, old school AI, we could call it, we essentially set a series of rules so that we drop a ball in the top, it bounces around through all the rules that we've pre-programmed, and it pops out the right hole in the bottom, hopefully, and that used to be in some way called AI. Now, Ben, what we do is we take a large set of randomly set nodes You could think about this like a big receptor, a big sensor of some kind for data broadly. Now, this is very tertiary explanations, but a big broad set of nodes that essentially get exposed to instances from the real world. Rather than having humans program these nodes, we essentially show, and these are very rough anthropomorphic words, we show this big series of nodes, a series of instances in the real world. Now, let me give you an example, Ben. We can show a big machine learning or deep learning system, a big set of nodes, hundreds of thousands of MRI scans, okay? And these will be MRI scans that some of them have brain cancer and some of them do not have brain cancer. So some of them are labeled with brain cancer and they have a circled spot of where that cancer is and some of them have no cancer. And so we feed 100,000 examples of with and without brain cancer images into this set of nodes and then this set of nodes hopefully trains itself to be able to take a new picture that it does not know if it has brain cancer or not, a new MRI scan, and essentially predict whether or not this in fact is brain cancer. Now it's not gonna explain why, it's not gonna explain how, but those nodes will be calibrated and adjusted in order to coax out that pattern that leads to cancer. Could be a shape, could be shading, could be some kind of angles within certain regions of the brain. We don't really know, and machine learning is astronomically hard to backtrack, understand, but these nodes coax out the pattern and then make the prediction on their own. Now, they're not always going to be right, but with the more data and the better data, hopefully they could be more right than wrong. So the great promise here, Ben, this is really important, is that we don't need humans to bake in all the possible rules and rhythms of what we think something is. Instead, we let a machine drink in instances of the real world and come up with its own set of rules that unfortunately it can't explain, but often do much better than if humans tried to program it themselves. So let's turn our attention away from the definition of AI and machine learning and talk about how it's related to marketing. And I think that there's a key component in here, right? I understand how artificial intelligence baking in rules that are transactional, that's kind of a marketing automation strategy. And machine learning is evaluating what a scenario looks like and and trying to label it. But to me, there's the notion of predictive analytics as well. It seems to be the big thing for marketing is being able to look at a customer or a prospect, not just label them, but understand what their future behavior is likely to be. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. 
Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Tell me a little bit about how AI, machine learning, and predictive analytics are being labeled for marketers. There's a landscape of potential applications, and we can certainly talk about predictive analytics as an important facet of the AI landscape. But if we're able to, I'd like to talk about it as one among many. And I'll tee up this conversation writ large with the why it's relevant question. So I am not one to tell everybody AI is so important, you all need to become AI experts tomorrow. Oh my God, it's the most important thing. There's many of your listeners who, frankly, in the near term, do not need to worry about applying AI to their particular business because there's a lot of inherent challenges and we'll address what those are. There's other people, though, who should learn it. Here's the big point, though, Ben. The companies that are raking in the gargantuan profits and are making the gargantuan growth, we could argue with the exception of Apple. But if we look at, let's say, Amazon, Google, Facebook, Netflix, Alibaba, Tencent, these are companies that are predicated on artificial intelligence. So their marketing processes are indeed predicated on artificial intelligence and machine learning. So it's not that AI is helping to enhance what Amazon does. It's like, nope, actually recommendations are, we could argue, the doggone crux of the entire damn company. And we could say that for Google, relevance and search which is a very challenging artificial intelligence problem to do in the real world and in real time, is the crux of the tens of billions that that company rakes in in a given year. So that's the tee up. Now, if you'd like, Ben, maybe we can talk about how the predictive analytics side works as one use case. I would love to hear it. I think that the reason I brought up predictive analytics was more thinking about the opposite end of the spectrum for businesses, not necessarily the gargantuan billion dollar companies that are predicated on having the deep algorithms, but more the vast majority of businesses that are smaller in nature, understanding who their customers are, what their value is, and are they likely to convert? Yeah. And as it turns out, the predictive analytics side of things is not necessarily the lowest hanging fruit for applying artificial intelligence for what we could call the non-billion dollar businesses. It's not necessarily going to be the easiest nut to crack, but it's also not the hardest. So we can go ahead and talk about it. So in the predictive analytics side, two things are very important to note here. One is that a machine learning based system is going to be built, enhanced, experimented with, and will come to fruition when it can see a lot of instances of the real world. If we took those nodes I told you that drunk in all of those images of brain scans with brain cancer and not with brain cancer, if we gave them one with brain cancer and one without, it's not really a lot of nuance and distinction about what coaxes out brain cancer and what doesn't. There's not enough instances of the real world to test. So there's some of your listeners right now, Ben, who might sell, I'm just coming up with a random example, they might sell tractor trailers. Mm -hmm. And within a given year, they might sell 300 tractor trailers and they are doing tens of millions of dollars in revenue. 300 instances is not going to be enough to cut the mustard 
to train a robust machine learning system to accurately, realistically, given the current state of the technology, predict who's going to convert, who's not, when should we call them, et cetera. So one thing that's important to note when we talk about predictive analytics, Ben, is that the people who should be tuned in most to this are the folks who are high volume. So it is no coincidence that those billion-dollar companies I told you about are in the digital sphere. Amazon does not do 300 transactions in a year. Amazon sells things for 50 cents, and they sell bajillions of them every second. Mm -hmm. It's high volume, low ticket is the lowest hanging fruit for this predictive side. So let's talk about how this works. Hypothetically, I sell furniture. Maybe I'm a company like Wayfair. So I'm here in Boston. We'll talk about a Boston-based company. I have no idea how much AI they're using over there, by the way. We really haven't gone very deep into Wayfair's use cases. But they sell furniture and home goods. If in a given month they have, let's say, a million transactions, then there will be categories of those products that they will be able to coax patterns from. So they might realize by training a machine learning system that of the folks who come in first to buy furniture, so furniture is the first purchase, we have a very high likelihood of them then converting from, let's say, some kind of throw pillows or some kind of lampshades or some kind of other high-ticket products if they come in for furniture initially. So by leveraging some kind of predictive analytics application in some way, we may be able to garner a sense of the proxies that lead to high customer lifetime value. Not, Ben, by having humans say, I bet this is what leads to high customer lifetime value. Now, that human expertise is important and can help with setting up the experiments, but ideally, we would like a machine learning system that could coax out the set of purchase behaviors, the set of purchase timings, the set of product types and the rhythm of those purchases that tend to lead to high CLV people so we can identify them and target them in a different way. So we need a high enough volume to do that. But yes, to your point, with a high enough volume, we can start to figure out not only who would be our big ticket buyers, but potentially what might be the next product to present them with. This is by no means something that small businesses will be doing anytime soon, but it is a potential application. Okay. So if I had to summarize a couple of the terms that we talked about, first off, we talked about what is artificial intelligence, which broadly is using a computer to take human expertise, building in the if-then rules to come up with an output whenever you give it an input. We define machine learning to be the process of using technology essentially to do some sort of pattern matching to decide, is a scenario going to be one variable or another? And you use the example of brain cancer or not. If I show you a million images, can you classify them one way or another? And then predictive analytics is the idea of taking a mass amount of data and being able to predict what future behaviors are. But the caveat that you laid out is it takes a mass amount of data. So the impact for marketers is you need to be in a high volume or high transaction business to be able to start using that predictive analytics mechanism. Is that all fair? Very safe assessment. Yep. Great. All right. We got the basics of what artificial intelligence, machine learning, predictive analytics are. I think that's a great place to land the plane on this episode. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Dan Vigella from Emergence, formerly Tech Emergence, for joining us. Uh, if you'd like to hear more of our conversation with Dan, we're going to publish an episode about AI every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we'll be discussing what industries are most impacted by artificial intelligence today. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Dan, click the link in our show notes to read his bio. 
or you can go to techemergence.com. Yours truly. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thank you for being a member of our community. If you ever have MarTech questions, if you have comments about the show, or if you're interested in being a guest on the MarTech Podcast, click the Contact Us link in our show notes, or you can also reach out via social media. We've got some links to our Twitter and LinkedIn handles in there too, or you can just search for me under Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. If you didn't have time to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry. We've got you covered. There's a summary and a full transcript of this this episode on our website, which is martechpod.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to the rest of AI Week with Dan Fagella from Emergence, we've got great episodes lined up over the next few weeks. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.